Welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is the Athletics Dedicated Blue Jackets Podcast. Aaron Portsign with you on a Friday morning. Allison Lucan is here. Good morning. Oh, the Blue Jackets, Allison, have started to head the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. Lost 4-3 to three to the Philadelphia Flyers last night. Swept by the Flyers in the season series. Uh, they do get a point out of last night, of course, but seven consecutive losses now. Um, what a rude awakening to this for this team it has been after. A, I mean, this is a team that's had two 10-game or more point streaks this year, and now they've gone uh, towards a seven-game losing streak. They're still in a playoff spot, believe it or not, uh, but it can't go on much longer like this. Um and this, of course, coincides with the trade deadline. We'll get into that in, in a second. We'll spend a lot of time on that uh, because I, I think the landscape there for Yarmo Kekalainen is looking pretty thin, to be honest with you. Um, but, Allison, what's going on with this team? I just I feel like John Tortorella realizes that he's getting, I mean, blood out of a stone from this group. He's gotten everything he could get. I think that the team looks mentally and at times they didn't look physically fatigued last night. They did in Philadelphia, I thought, Tuesday. Um, I feel like he's trying to lift this group up here and just get them to hold it together now with 20 games left in the season. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's definitely an an air of resignation um, in some of his comments. And, you know, now the Jackets have had to go to the well again, announcing that they have uh, called up Calvin Turkoff. Um, the young forward. This will be his first call up, I believe, of his his career, uh, his North American career. So it, it's it's. I think it's got to be frustrating for him when he realizes that this group is giving as much as they can, but but the resources have run dry, <laughs> really. And and that's that's just for any competitor, for any professional who takes pride in their work. That's just got to be such a hard hard place to be in yeah and they may have lost a, another player last night another significant player this is why calvin thurkoff has re, been recalled oliver bjorkstrand in the closing seconds of that of regulation last night is trying to go wide on a flyers defenseman gets knocked off his skates goes hard into the wall feet first uh it looked like his left ankle took the brunt of that impact it did not look good uh, Bjorkstrand was seen leaving the rink last night on crutches. Uh, never a good sign, but not always a bad sign because some they they do a, a lot more crutch work and and boot work with these guys now than they used to. The key being to keep the weight off of the the foot. We we don't have any update yet on Bjorkstrand. Um, Thurkoff's re- recall would be a response to that, of course. So count Bjorkstrand out for sure Saturday in Nashville. Um, Allison, the hits. The hits keep coming, and they're coming at the top of the batting lineup, if you if you will. I mean, this team is just, it has been decimated. Yes, it has been decimated at the top. Seth Jones, Cam Atkinson, I mean, some of their best. Now, Bjorkstrand's their leading scorer. Right. I mean, the, the gods are coming after him here. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's what's so hard, too, is, you know, every team deals with injuries, of course. Um, but the, the number, the sheer number, and, and to your point, the quality of, I mean, I, I was playing with some very loose math last night. And I mean, the, the Jackets were averaging eight players out of 
opening night lineup going back to December 7th. Yeah. Eight. Eight. And and when you consider that it's players, like you mentioned, Cam Atkinson, their starting goaltender, now Seth Jones is in that mix. These are not – the fact that this team has done what they've done to this point with the kind of injuries they've sustained is honestly quite miraculous. Yeah, and people – like I'm, I'm hearing from people in overtime, why in the hell is Gerby out for overtime? Right. And you're like, well, who you got, pal? Well, exactly. I and, mean, where, where are you going here? And 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 let's let's remember to his credit, Gerby is out there for overtime. Creates arguably one of the best scoring chances the Jackets had in overtime. Yeah, no, I mean nothing specifically or, or particularly against Gerby, of course. But people are like, why in the world would you put Riley Nash out in overtime? Right. Who else are you going to put? <laughs> look at the card, bro. There's not a lot of options here. <laughs> I, I mean, it's really it's it's amazing and. Uh, you know, I, I wrote this this morning, and it, I think it, it uh, sticks. The thing that's killed this team, uh, yes, they're not scoring enough goals, but they've never scored enough goals. Right. What's changed right now is they just can't shut teams down. Uh, they've This is crazy. They've allowed 20 goals in the last five games. It was like, I have to go back and look at the math. I think it was 14 games before this that it took for them to allow 20 goals. Yeah. Um, they went like 25 games without allowing more than three goals in a game, and now they've done it four times in five games. Yeah. So it's it's gotten leaky defensively, but you know how this game is, Allison. It's, it all works together, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it all feeds. When the, the offense isn't creating as much goal scoring as they want, guys start to maybe lean a different and wrong direction, and it starts to get unplugged. When guys miss the net, I've seen a lot of this, guys just missing nets. And starting the rush the other direction, um, John Tortorella is just trying to get them to calm down and play a simple, solid sixty minutes. And it just feels like they can't—they can't quite throw a blanket on anything right now defensively, like they, like they could earlier. Yeah, and I think you know it's—it's it's even just the, the number of goals, and and you have remarked on this a couple times now. It's the flow of the goals, right? So it's, it's giving up multiple goal leads um, too often in these recent games. And there's, there's a, a quality of ability to, to clamp down in terms of the approach to the game overall, not just the, the defense on the ice. You know, it's, it's response. It's, it's controlling that play. And, and listen, we, I mean, we're seeing it all over the place. These guys are having to learn to play differently, learn to play with different people. You know, Nick Foligno's out there in overtime. David Savard's trying to tell him where to go. There's just... This is they, this team right now, personnel aside, is being asked to make the kind of adjustments that you usually work out those first few games of the season. Yeah. And now it's basically an entirely different team, and so they have to go through that process all over again. Yeah. I mean, you look at every line, and there's a guy on almost every line you would not expect to be there. That's right. Which is it's crazy. Um, yeah. And you, you mentioned it. Three of the last five games have had two zero leads in the first period and have not been able to hold them. Yeah. So I think a lot of times when you start thinking, we talked about this earlier, when you feel like you have to be perfect offensively or you have to be perfect defensively, it's really hard to defend that way. Mm-hmm. If you know you don't have a margin for error. Mm-hmm. Um, the NHL trade deadline is Monday. What an unfortunate time. For all of this to be happening. If two weeks ago, you would have said Yarmo Kekalainen is a buyer. Yeah. 
uh, and he's going to be willing to make some some uh, moderate moves here to enhance this team at forward, probably plucking from the defensive depth. There's all sorts of things that have conspired against him. They, of course, have started losing games now where it no longer is clear that they are a playoff team, I think you can say. It seems to be trending not that way. Uh, the defensive depth that Jarmo Kekalainen could draw from has faded because of injuries. Um, the market, I think, has been elevated by some of the trades where the price for these guys now is a little bit more expensive. Look at the price for Blake Coleman. Right, right. Woo! I mean, that is, that's a hell of a trade for New Jersey. I know the Avs got a great player, uh, but that, sorry, the Lightning got a great player, but that is a lot uh, that they got in return. Um, so those players aren't coming uh, at a, at a, even a moderate to fair price. Maybe the drops as the deadline moves in, uh, but it's starting to look like Yarmo Kekalainen and Allison is not going to be a major player in this year's trade deadline. Yeah, I agree. And I think that, you know, what's unfortunate about it is it's not because you mentioned right now, is this team a playoff team? That question isn't as big of a driver to me as the fact that he has no, he has nothing in the bank to spend. Um, That, like you said, the depth is gone. And, you know, you have to wonder too, does, does the market now flip his perspective and I, listen being a gm is not easy you know do you do you look at these returns for some of these players and say okay we are going to go into sell mode um more so for the that return and because our team is on the cusp it's it's a tenuous time and i think it's probably got to be really hard for this organization and this team because they know that as a healthy team and even as a half healthy team i think if you go back to before the seth jones injury you could argue it's worth investing a little bit of ad into this group. And so I think it's got to be really hard to now say it's not that this team as conceived isn't worth it. It's that unfortunately this team as it is, which has nothing to do with effort or, or ability of those who are healthy, uh, just they, that they can't pay the price to add something on at the deadline. Yeah, Yarmo has said he's not going to move that first-round draft pick. For sure. I agree. He doesn't have a second or a third. Right. So now you're talking about a draft pick that, that yeah, I mean, it, it can be a sweetener, but it's not a guy, it's not a, tra- a a pick that lands a player by itself. Right. You wouldn't think. Maybe there's an expiring contract of a player that's a, I don't know, that, that can help a little bit. Maybe there's something there. There are two players that are really really affecting this trade deadline for the Blue Jackets. And the first one is Josh Anderson. Mm-hmm. Um, we've written at least a couple times that Josh Anderson is the guy who could be on the block, that it's not out of the question that the Blue Jackets trade him. Well, it becomes increasingly more difficult to trade him if he's not playing and if teams aren't sure where he's at health-wise. Right. Um, and as of Saturday, it will be 10 weeks since Josh Anderson played. Uh, when he suffered the shoulder injury in Ottawa, it was uh, declared a four- to six-week injury. Um, he told us a week or so ago that he is not going to come back and play unless he's 100%. His agent said they are not going to come back and play until he is approved by, quote, our doctors. Um, that's an odd statement that seems to suggest mistrust. In the Blue Jackets doctors, I spoke to Darren Ferris. He said that is not the case, that, that 
they they have been nothing but happy with the medical treatment that they've received. But that statement still stands that he will not play until he's approved by our doctors. It sure feels like there is a bit of a falling out going on between these two sides. Um, can they patch it up? Can they trade him before the trade deadline? It feels like a summer move to me. Um, but if you're the Blue Jackets and you're this banged up, your trade deadline move may be getting Josh Anderson back in the lineup. I mean, that that's not a small ad. Um, but that that is a real case of uncertainty for the Blue Jackets. I think there's a lot of teams out there with significant interest in Josh Anderson. That's playoff hockey. Josh Anderson is playoff hockey. He can change an entire series by himself. We've seen it up close in Columbus, what he did to Tampa Bay in the first-round series. I, I have to believe the Blue Jackets would move him if they got an astronomical offer. Uh, but that's not going to come if he's not healthy and if teams aren't sure that he's going to play this year. just not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, it, it, listen, I'm on record multiple times that the same as you. Josh Anderson is a special player. Um, and, you know, I think that what it sounds like now, if you if you listen to voices around the league, is that <clears throat> it, it's going to be hard to move him because of the health um, at this deadline. And it, if we look at the summer, you know, I, I mean, I don't know, does Yarmo Kekalainen pull a page out of the Artemi Panarin book and say, look, here's the best offer we're going to give you. Tell, tell us if you're going to accept it or not. Do you want to be here or not? Um, because this this if and maybe but stuff is just dragging on. I think it's it's a shame um, because, again, this is if, if Josh Anderson is not a blue jacket, this is going to be one of those that's going to haunt, I think, the team and fans for a long time because he's just he's just that much of an impact guy um, in all areas of the game. But they've they've got to figure out. I, I think I th- look. I think ultimately he's going to be healthy. He's going to be Josh Anderson again, and they've got to figure out if they can sign him and keep him, or then they do have to get to to work on the phones and see as much as they possibly can get because it's going to be a big loss. Yeah. Yeah, there'll be a big replacement there too. I don't. I think they'll get a, a pretty fancy package back for Josh Anderson, uh, but it might set that that piece back a couple of years, if you know what I mean. Before that young player or draft pick can become into his own. Uh, that's the forward side of things. I think Sonny Milano could be on the block. I think he's been available for a while now. I think there's probably more interest in him now than there was. Certainly a year ago, maybe there's more interest in him now than there's ever been, because I do think he has shown um, some proclivity to be a NHL player this year. But it's just, it just hasn't been a fit here. I think all parties are kind of okay with moving on at this point. Another, if you're if you're Sonny Milano, that is a bad look when your team not only makes you a healthy scratch against Philadelphia, but reaches down into the minor leagues. Pulls an a, a guy with an AHL-only contract and signs him to a two-year, two-way contract, I'm speaking of Stefan Mateau, and puts him in the lineup over you against the Flyers two nights later. That just, look, these, these moves are never done just specifically individually as relating to this player necessarily, but that's not a good look that they this team decided to sign a player, put him in the lineup, and decided that Sonny's the player that needed to come out. Not a good look. Yeah. I, and it's tough and 
you know, John Tortorella hasn't exactly been forthcoming on this. It's something he's had to talk about for a long time. But it's hard because you can, you can imagine that, particularly as what we already discussed in how this team is playing, that the organization felt they needed someone who could be responsible defensively and not just that offensive burst. And that's not something they see in Milano right now. And that's, but I mean, this season has been full of this. I mean, Liam Foodie's up here a week ago, right? Over all those other guys. So it's, it's a curious, it's a curious time. And I, I am curious to see what Sonny Milano could be if he moves elsewhere. I, 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 it's you. You've seen some development in him, and I think he really is trying. But I, I don't know where his game goes from here. And maybe, maybe he does benefit from a change of scenery and a different role, where he can create a little bit more and and maybe is playing with some different types of players to to make that enough to to not have to have as much defensive responsibility on the other side. Yeah, it's a peculiar player, peculiar player. So Milano, maybe Anderson, if Anderson's healthy. Uh, the back end is, I think, where Yarmo would have worked from. Uh, there's a lot of teams looking for defensive help. We've seen a lot of blue liners traded already. Mm-hmm. But the injuries to Seth Jones is devastating. We know that. Uh, Dean Kukan is out probably as long as Jones is. And Ryan Murray is out for who knows. He, we were told he could be back after the All-Star break. And it's been quite a while since the All-Star break. And he's sort of... In and out of practices with the Blue Jackets, in and out of morning skates. I don't think he's really practiced with them yet. Just once. Just once. So where do you put that? I mean, the Blue Jackets are playing Scott Harrington and Andrew Peake, two defensemen that nothing against them, but based on performance, they probably would not be in the lineup right now if all things were healthy. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're going with those guys. Gabriel Carlson's been their seventh. He was just sent back to Cleveland this morning. They have no depth now to deal from, Allison. They can't move it. Def- who would play if they moved a defenseman? Well, and that, I mean, that's the thing. That's that scenario I mentioned before is that if you decide that the return, because as you said, the defensive market has been strong in this in this early going. If you decide that it's worth it to get the return, I mean, you, you basically pack it up and you say, Gabriel Carlson come up and and that's what it is but I don't think it's uh, it's possible to be as strategic a deal as 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 much of a complementary deal um, as it might have been a few weeks ago you know we had always it, David Savard is a super attractive player to a playoff contender right side um, but again if you move him because you decide that the return is worth it for the organization long term now Gabriel Carlson's in there because yeah, who else is gonna come back at this point? Yeah. Now, see, I think this team, I think Yarmo could be a seller without selling the season. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Okay. In other words, Milano could be moved for sure. For sure. That that doesn't really impact him the rest of the way. If Josh Anderson is not playing for you and you trade him, um, I think you, I think that could be justified as well. How? This is a tough one for me. How does it sit with the fan base if Yarmo Kekalainen gets through Monday and does not do anything? I, I, I feel for the fan base. I think it's hard to know what to feel as a fan. I mean, that game last night, the, the Philadelphia game, was such an emotional game. It, as, as Rick Nash said to Fox Sports Ohio, that was the game we thought we'd get on Tuesday. Um, 
just yeah. as a sheer entertainment factor and and intensity of a game that was a great game in my opinion um and then you lose that game that's an emotional crush and you're you're thinking things like like we were saying earlier why is this person out in ot what's this what's this i and they the fans have been on such a high because this team has been able to fight their way into a playoff spot i think it's i think that if people are able to think it through they might be able to accept it but it's going to hurt um, because of of all of the reasons this team has given the fans to invest more and believe more this right. season, even though it, it might be the right choice. There's a reason fan is short for fanatic, and it's wonderful, but um, it's hard to think through <laughs> what hurts in your heart when it when it goes down. I would think there's there will be a lot of fans that will understand – um, that really the injuries have made the call for this sure. Year. For not, sure, not Yarmo. And I think, I think there's also the case that some people will be upset that last year's all-in approach, which to, to many seemed reckless, mm-hmm. is they're still paying a little bit of a price for that. In other yeah. words, they don't have those draft picks. It's the right now. It's the Zingle trade that's killing you. Right. The, right. It's getting a zingle for declare in two seconds. That second round draft pick. I'm not sure if they'd even want to move it now, but that's the pick where you could, you could probably add something of significance uh, late in the day Monday or close to the end of the trade deadline Monday. I mean, but right. Um, but do you, but again, I mean, and again, I'm not. You're right. But at this point, it, even in this season, I don't know that this team is building back to. A contender status, but I, this yeah. team wasn't warranting an all-in approach this year, per, as compared to, for example, the team last year, right? Yeah. So, right. even let's let's assume Yarmo has all those picks back, even just the Dzingle picks back, with this team right now, right now, and let's assume that Bjorkstrand is out for for even short term. Let's say short term. How much do you invest? Because can this team go down? Do you know what I'm saying? Like sure. That has to be the hardest thing totally. for a AGM. And I think it's particularly difficult for Yarmo mm-hmm. because Yarmo is basked in this Finnish Sisu pride. <laughs> yep. He is. Yep. Where they go into every tournament without the superstar talent of their top rivals. And they tend to always find a way to play above their heads. Mm-hmm. This is a guy who loves the idea of being an underdog, who loves the idea of the hardworking team, emphasis on that word, beating the the uh, fat, sloppy, gifted kid. Mm-hmm. Loves it. And for him to make the call by Monday 3 p.m. that it doesn't make much sense to help this patient right, would be really difficult for him on a personal level. But I almost feel like he needs to do it. Yep. Now listen, we watch, watch, yes. watch this weekend. Cam Atkinson comes back. Oliver Bjorkstrand's actually going to be fine. Like, who's to say, right? We could be completely wrong. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the way things look right look right now, it, it's it's 
Well, I still think they can hang in this race. I don't mean to to project that. I just don't think help is on the way through the trade deadline. Right. You can't you can't the the point of making a move at the deadline is to close the the little gaps you have to put yourself in a spot to win the Stanley Cup. Yeah. And I feel like unless a Josh Anderson can come back, these are those are the kinds of pieces you need to make a long sustained run. For sure. Um, and so if you don't have those pieces, don't throw good money after bad, right? So Correct. that's where we are. Correct. Yeah. So Blue Jackets Saturday in Nashville. Uh, and that's their last game before the trade deadline. They play Ottawa on Monday evening. It's always an interesting game. Uh, there'll be lineup changes probably to both sides before the game. We'll see. Uh, and then at mini on Tuesday. So a difficult three and four. Nothing new there. And we'll get you a Bjorkstrand update when we hear it. Uh, I would suspect we'll get something later this morning. Again, Calvin Thurkoff recalled from Cleveland. So the sense with that move right there is that Bjorkstrand for sure is out against Nashville. But that's not a surprise if you saw the his collision with the wall. Right. Uh, Allison, anything to add here? Uh, yeah. I, I Talk about people going nice. down in the race. Um, Ohio State men are on the road this weekend, but they have four regular season games left. They need to to make an impression with these final four games um, before they head into the Big Ten tournament and fight for a spot in the NCAA playoffs. So follow that action. And the Ohio State women finish their regular season at home this weekend. Uh, game tonight at 6, tomorrow at 3, um, for people who have not been following along, Emma Malte, who is a forward for this team, was just named one of the 10 finalists for the Patty Kaz Award, which is literally the Heisman in women's hockey. So one of the top 10 women's players in the nation is playing at Ohio State right now. Um, if you have time, get out and see her, get out and see these women. They're going to be going into their tournament. They're going to be hosting a game at home for the conference tournament. And uh, this is a group that could could make it back to the NCAAs, and that's very exciting and a big statement by this program. Yeah, that's awesome. That's the female equivalent of the Hobie Baker. Exactly. Yeah, awesome. All right, well, thanks for listening. Sorry about my voice. Ugh, it's that time of year. <laughs> uh, we will be back with you on Tuesday. This podcast is, uh, is able to be listened to outside of the app. Is that correct, Allison? That is correct. All of them are now. Yes. Please subscribe so you never miss an episode. Yes. So enjoy that. And we will be back with you on Tuesday and cranking out the, uh, the stories on the website uh, as we move along here. So thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon.